Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first Gensin Associates podcast. I'm Catherine Yang Ayat, consultant and analyst for the GNA firm. And with me today, I have Steve Gens, who doesn't really need an introduction. Steve started the firm many years ago. Um, Steve, I don't know if you want to say hello really quickly. Uh, yeah, thanks, Catherine. And I'm really excited about this uh, initiative to start the podcast. You know, just a different way that we can share, you know, what we're learning and what we're seeing at Gensin Associates um, out with uh, everybody. So um, right. look forward to uh, kicking this off. Nice, nice. So for today's podcast, like Steve said, um, we just want to first and foremost give you guys a really warm welcome as we launch this podcast series. We're hoping to create many episodes throughout the year. It's a new thing that we're doing as we really lean into multimedia engagements with our research community. Plus, now we get to say we have a podcast, so that's very exciting for us. We're going to kick off today's episode with a quick year in review because 2022 was a really exciting year for us in terms of the research that we did and everything that we learned. And then we'll probably highlight some of the fun plans that we have in store for 2023. So Steve, I, I hope that your memory is in top form today because I think to recap 2022, we have to start with the world-class REM research. For those of you who are a little bit newer to our research community, the world-class REM research is our landmark study. It's the benchmark that our firm is known for. We have several cycles of it and we just finished one this past year. So Steve, why don't you give our listeners the, you know, the true experts take on what we learned? Oh, it sounds good. And it was kind of interesting last year. We always do two pieces of research, and certainly the world-class rim is a large piece. Um, but, you know, we have, uh, you know, those three other studies we'll talk about very briefly in a second. Uh, but for those that didn't participate, uh, there were 76 companies uh, that were in the 2022 world-class rim study, um, and the title was Accelerating Business Benefits. And they're large multinationals, mid-tier, small, and very small that are still in the clinical stage. You know, great representation from all corners of the uh, planet and product types. So both the medicinal, device, diagnostic uh, side of it. Um, but out of everything we learned, and you know, as you know, that report was very, very large. And we've been tracking the whole rim area for over 10 years. Um, and 10 years ago, we saw and we knew it was going to be the decade of uh, regulatory modernization. And what was most interesting is we're seeing the tail end of the modernization, you know, on the system and process level. People have changed, you know, so much of their um, software providers. They've been working on end-to-end -end processes like change control, label management, new marketing applications. So it was kind of interesting after this big bell curve of modernization and most are just finishing up. It begs the question, you know, so what's next, right? So the things that we're seeing is the organizational kind of structure and remit, especially in reg ops, is really starting to shift uh, quite a bit uh, more because of the data sciences, uh, more data connectivity, especially with the QMS, safety, ERP, uh, the whole future of structured uh, data submissions. So uh, that's what everybody's focusing on um, as, as they're getting through their modernization. And since there's such a focus now in connecting regulatory up with the other functional areas, there's some obvious you know, things as far as data quality practices and, and how do you do cross-functional data governance? So those are the things we tested. And finally, I know it's just a passion of both of ours, is that culture makes a difference with you know, our top performers. So that was really interesting. And I don't know if you want to say a quick word on that about the uh, our top performers and that culture doesn't ma uh, does matter and we actually tested that out and then maybe Catherine maybe say a little bit you know besides because in parallel uh, you were running the COVID-19 uh, follow-up study so maybe uh, 
some of the top line results of that. Yeah, sure. I, you know, feel like the culture piece is too big of a piece to cover in a a short podcast, but this was the first year that we put it to the test in the world-class room research where we had questions particularly or specifically on culture and how that plays a role into how it supports performance improvement initiatives across organizations, regulatory organizations. So I think for people who want to um, read up on the study or, you know, look at all the results, we, you know, I want to sort of just mention here that we have um, our webpage has the white paper and, um, and obviously all of our participants get this, the full study as well, where they can look at the the question by question results and kind of read up on these key findings um, that we can't cover here in this short podcast, right? But yeah, so you'll see that culture does make a really big difference, especially for top performers. It's not just about, you know, the investments and, you know, tools and systems and, you know, being good at processes. You have to really sort of have a um, a specific mindset to be able to work together and collaborate together and to sort of really, um, you know, support all of those performance improvements that people are working on. I think for the 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 COVID-19 pandemic study, that one was really interesting for us, because it was the first time that we, at least the first time since I've joined the firm, where we did a study and then we did a follow-up study. And it was about something that was happening, you know, very current. It was the pandemic. All these companies were trying to figure out, you know, what to do and what was happening um, on a global scale. And so for us, it was very interesting to see what companies learned at that time. The first one that we did was at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I guess not the beginning, but closer, I think it was six months in, right? And what we really sort of learned is that we imagined this like three-phase model that organizations would sort of cycle through as the pandemic continued, which was this crisis mode, um, all about sort of acting out of necessity, a recovery phase, which is all about like learning and pausing and figuring out like, what have we done? What can we learn about it? And what do we move forward as you move into that new normal, which was that renewal phase? And then this past year, what we did was that we did a follow-up to see if our predictions about how companies would evolve, you know, how on target were we with that? So I think, again, you know, lots to learn from those two studies, uh, specifically for regulatory organizations that people can go to the website to look at some of those white papers that we have for those. Yeah. Um, a couple of other studies that we did, maybe we want to highlight here, Steve, is the regulatory intelligence and the regulatory management um, poll studies that we did. Yes, on the regulatory intelligence and the registration management, those poll surveys, they were b- both very, very interesting because typically with a poll survey, we're trying to get maybe 15 or 20 companies. And the regulatory intelligence, which is a follow-up from 2018, we had 42 and a really nice balance between the large mid-tier and the other smaller companies. And Catherine, we, we probably should get Greg Brolin, who was the lead of that in one of these podcasts, maybe uh, in the second quarter, because uh, we're going to write the white paper, which will go public with all the study results. We're still debriefing uh, probably in the Mar- uh, March timeframe. But some of the things we expected from that, the remits um, in the uh, there is no common organizational strategy or structure to reg and tell and policy groups. Uh, they tend to be all over the place. Most say the top two things, their resource constraint, especially in non-ICH countries. Um, but they have very big and bold, I would say, automation goals. Uh, so that's really uh, interesting. The other thing, that hasn't too. hasn't changed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that hasn't changed. 
And, and finally, the um, not so much for the larger companies, but the mid-tier or smaller, they're struggling with fully utilizing their subject matter expert, the internal network, maybe of CMC people, people in manufacturing, uh, clinical. And I think the last thing which we knew in this study was unique, that we had um, invited 14 software providers of which 13 uh, filled out our questionnaire. So um, they're all investing, you know, it's an unmet need, um, but we would say they're pretty much have a limited capability, although they're investing heavily. Uh, and we hope they mature their capability in the uh, the coming years. And then I think finally on that registration management, it was the registration data management, uh, 27 companies. We did this one, I think, you know, uh, Kelly and I within uh, within two weeks. So that was pretty amazing. And as we suspected, um, how people uh, do the product information and they manage that is very centrally, but um, it was more the most common model for what we call the transactional data for say registration uh, management, all the uh, status changes, the, the dates. It really was a hybrid where some areas of the world, um, it was at the source at the local affiliate and other areas, it was more regional or the central folks uh, you know, took on that. So Steve, to summarize all of the stuff that we've done in 2022 and all the research that we've done in the previous years, I just want to take this time to let our listeners know that all of that information is accessible to you either through our blogs, which we write um, on a you know monthly basis to break up some of our research into bite-sized chunks. You can really learn about our insights, you know, our ways of thinking, how we're having those conversations about our research with the research community. We also have an executive lounge and membership that people um, can uh, can join and we can certainly give some more information about that if you're interested to just let us know because then you can have access to all of our all of our research and all of our archives of information as well. So Steve, I am excited about 2023. You told me that your goal this year was to have fun and so I feel like we have lots of fun plans in the works, starting with the DIA show that we're going to be at for the first time with a booth in, in a couple of weeks, right? So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what we're going to be doing, what we can offer there? Yeah, it, it's truly a really exciting year because, and I, I think the RSIDM, you know, the DIA show is a good kickoff. We're big supporters of the DIA, as you know. We're always speaking, you know, at that uh, conference, but having a booth for the very first time is uh, very, very exciting. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, before the show, you know, certainly uh, stop by. Um, there's a few things, you know, at the booth, um, we have this interactive tool that Greg built, you know, that's really uh, neat. So you can come by and actually fill uh, out with uh, Greg's help and get a sense of where does your company rate, you know, with 76 other companies on your RIM program performance. Uh, certainly, you know, talking to us about, you know, our practice around uh, RIM performance improvement. And certainly, Catherine, with you and I, we have high passion and a lot of work we do about helping organizations evolve, you know, the whole change and transition management practice. And we're going to be formally announcing um, our Q2 research uh, going to RIM at the local affiliate, which it's been some time since we've uh, done that. And this is just kicking off the year. And then towards the uh, end of the year, we start all those design sessions and we're looking at seven in-person design sessions around the globe for uh, 
uh, the Q1 2024 world-class rim, our next cycle. So uh, it, it is jam-packed, but we're really excited you know, to have the whole team at the, the DIA show. Yeah, me too. I think I think the whole crew is really excited to be together. You know, it finally feels like COVID is a little bit under under control where we can start meeting all these people that we work with that we haven't seen over the past few years. For me, I think the affiliates research is where, um, you know, I, I feel like the team is starting to focus on, right? We're just at the very beginning of a study design. What we're interested in is exploring what needs to change in order to optimize affiliate and central office engagement and efficiency, really understanding how affiliates currently work, you know, trying to, it's almost like us, um, a, a study where we're looking at things from the affiliates perspective, right? What are their experiences with, with key regulatory activities um, in terms of systems and tools, you know, investments from, from companies, how are they using it? What can they benefit from? So I think both, you know, uh, regulatory organizations, their affiliate organizations, and also vendors can learn a lot from the study. And like you said, we're at the very beginning of this. So it'll be fun to to kind of tease out what people want to learn. And I believe we're going to be able to get people to sign up to participate in this research at at the show. Am I correct with that, Steve? Yeah, a- absolutely. We'll be we'll be enrolling and signing them up. And I think when we just put the schedule together, probably the study will open, I think, if memory serves me correct, kind of that early to mid-May at the latest, because we want people to fill it out before they uh, disappear for the summer holiday. Yes, yes. Summer holidays are important. Um, the, um, the other thing you mentioned that I wanted to highlight here is the OSEC forum that we're going to kick off, which is the organization strategies, evolutions and change, evolution and change, <clears throat> excuse me, forum that we are creating. It's, you know, the idea behind this is to create a really robust and interactive community focused on change management within regulatory Steve, I know you really hate the term change management, but I think it's the one sort of term that people easily resonate with, right? And the idea is that we would offer insights and practice tools to really help our forum members increase their effectiveness as change agents. Um, We want to be able to share the latest thinking on organizational theories, which is a big passion of both of ours. You know, I know we both have our MSODs, which we're very proud of. Um, You know, looking at different org strategies and, and of course, the most important part, which is the practical application of that. So, you know, four members can be part of this and have something that they can take away and sort of use. Right. As as we all know, change is consistent for every organization. And as we're at that end, sort of end tail of the modernization cycle, you know, that there's a lot of change happening um, everywhere. So I think for me. Oh, sorry. Did you want to say something, Steve? No, I was I was gonna say just like absolutely, it's definitely a, you know a big passion of uh, ours. And even though we do so much work, you know, at the uh, the process, uh, the strategy, the system, organizational remits, at the end of the day, it comes down to people, you know, the yes. teams, you know, that you work with. So I'm super excited about this initiative that you're you're leading, and that if we can make people better and stronger change agents, um, that's going to really improve. Because I think. The other thing that's really important, and instead of a bunch of consultants coming in to help you out with change management, I know our approach and our belief is that if we can upskill and get people more effective you know, at the change management, transition management, whatever you want to call it, their, their culture and their organization is going to be a lot better off. So, um, so I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. And maybe we do a podcast on that later in the year and just let people yes. know, you know, kind of... Uh, 
you know, some of the uh, ahas and how some of our clients are really improving in this area based on this initiative. Yes, I, I, we talked about this, and I'm actually very excited about that. So for our listeners, you know, if you guys see me at the um, uh, RSIDM show, please come up and talk to me about this because I would love to sort of understand, you know, um, you know who the change agents are in your organization, and you know how we can how we can all sort of create a form together. So, so Steve, any other goals from our firm that we want to share with our listeners before we sign off on this kickoff episode? Yeah, I think just to uh, kind of uh, recap and, you know, uh, a few things. We're going to be traveling finally quite a bit. Uh, Again, you know, we have our full research plate, uh, especially in the fall with the world-class rim design sessions, even though we haven't locked in it most likely. uh, We always start in Lambertville, New Jersey. We go to Boston, Copenhagen, uh, London, San Francisco, Switzerland. We'll probably have a virtual one for Asia PAC and then uh, Chicago. You know, our membership is uh, growing, you know, by the month. Um, So we're really expanding our community. And if you're listening and want to learn more about that, please let us know. We're trying to put more stuff, what we're learning in the public eye. And I think, you know, uh, we could be crossing 90, 100 companies, you know, that are going to be enrolling in the world-class rim. So uh, a lot of great stuff and getting back to kind of semi-normal pre-pandemic, you know, being in person and breaking bread and having dinners together. So uh, really excited about the year. Yes. I think your, your goal of having fun is, is, is going to, I'm like 95% sure that will be accomplished within the first <laughs> few weeks. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to us. We will be, you know, uh, having other members of our core research team throughout the next few months. We'll be interviewing Greg Bolin, Kelly Nat, you know, Priya uh, Beschek and other people too. So, Come back and, um, and we will have a good conversation with you guys next time.